and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. I'm not Mark Heath, I'm Andy Warren, he's in his happy place. That's Mark, not me, uh, walking in the Peak District. But I'm here, and so is my work husband. Hello Stuart. Hello again. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. We spend a lot of time together, don't we? Too much time. Oh. Oh. I, I quite like it. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, that's fine. And Ross is Ross is here as well. Producer Ross. Hello. Hi. Could never spend too much time with you. Mm, really? Yeah. Okay. How are you? I'm good. Is Liam from Crew your work husband? <laughs> Definitely is now. I think there's uh, the amount of travelling we do together, away from football as well. So it's a three day three day weekend for you, yeah. wasn't it? On yeah. the on the road to Blackpool. Yeah, Frodham was our place to staying. Um, good old Joan, Liam. Liam from Cruise Nan, great woman, great woman. <laughs> two breakfasts, two dinners, happy days. Nice toasty at the end as well. Toasty, yeah, on a Sunday. Yeah, Very before nice. we travelled back to Very Suffolk. Nice. What are you getting for a, a Nana Joan breakfast? What's going on there? Uh, bacon, standard. Egg, standard. Um, I forgot what else we got now. Tomatoes, good old roast tomatoes. Um, of course, some toast. Luprak, Luprak, the butter. I think that's what it's called. Uh, Luprak. Oh, oh that, that, that thing. I think the old, old Luprak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the first time I've ever actually had it. So it was actually. Is that like, joined the list with prawns and yeah, um, yeah. Uh, what else? Prawns, was? oranges, and Luprak. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So uh, next shopping trip with uh, Sasha, I think uh, we're going to be getting that Fair. butter. Fair but, enough. Yeah. What's your choice of butter, Stu? <laughs> <laughs> um. Whatever's on offer would probably be the mm. answer to that. Um, We're very much kind of in the the block of butter anchor. Just w- any yeah, Sainsbury's generally. Yeah, Bosch is it? Very good. Um, yeah, we're we're kind of in the block of butter under a ceramic lid on a tray at the moment. We've okay, been, we've been in that. That's probably very my favourite food, butter. Yeah. I, I prefer. Um, I can't believe it's not butter. Does that count? Uh, that's a that would be a spread. Right. Uh, yeah, because it's because it isn't butter. No. But it's doing the job, isn't it? Good. Butter chat. Butter chat done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> should we move on to Ipswich Town? Mm, if we have to. Yeah. Well. The butter chat was good. We'll maybe yeah. do a spin-off butter podcast to follow on from the, <laughs> the success of the crisp one, um, yep. which you can still listen to if you want. Go back and listen to the crisp podcast. Timeless. It is timeless. It's never going to change until they bring out a completely new wave oh, of crisps. Before crisp. we move on, what were the crisps you had at the services? And our depressing service oh. station stop. Oh, my words. Where, where were we? Somewhere Weatherby? up north, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's so depressing going into a service station at half past eight on a Saturday night and they're playing, like, club classics on the <laughs> on the, on the the radio. But oh. I had some prosciutto and parmesan crisps from M- M&S. Wow. They were quite nice. They were all right, weren't they? Yeah. yeah they, they were good. <laughs> they were good. Yeah, the Carlisle squad were in there. As well, really? they were on their way home from um, Lewis, Cambridge, uh, winning at Cambridge. Oh, okay. Um, it's not bad. They looked, not a bad win there. They looked delighted yeah. to be there, as did we. <laughs> anyway, we were on our way home from Blackpool, uh, where Ipswich Town were at the weekend, and here we are again, gentlemen. Uh, a defeat and a- another blow to playoff hopes that have been have been drifting from being automatic promotion hopes. We're now talking about playoff hopes, and this was a another blow and a, a pretty sickening one, given the timing of the goal ninety plus three. Yeah, um, not great. We'll start with some words from Paul Lambert, um, what he had to say to to you, Stu, after the game, and then we'll uh, we'll dissect dissect the two one loss. I guess in isolation, Paul, if you dominate a game, you have chances, and and you lose, you mm. can kind of park that and move on. But this is becoming a bit of a recurring theme, yeah, isn't it? The, the lack of yeah. ruthlessness in, yeah. in both boxes, and. Yeah. Um, Supporters will probably say we're, we're kind of bored of hearing Paul say we dominated the game but we didn't take our chances because right. it's it's happening yeah. time and time yeah. again. I'm bored saying to you. I'm, I'm actually bored talking to you about it. So it's the same stuff I'm, I'm saying. You may as well just wheel me out and say the same stuff. It's, it's the exact same. You, you cannot, number one, you can't defend that line, try and do silly things like that. You can't dominate the game as much as you do and, and no score. That's again is everything. Can't ask any more than that. And playing well. But you've got to be ruthless in, in both boxes to, to win games. That's, that's, that's why it's called the professional football game. Man. OK. Paul Lambert's bored talking about the same old story. 
<laughs> so here we are to talk about the same old story. You know that that summed it up though, didn't it? Uh, between yourself and Paul, there you've summed up. You've summed up this game. Um, summed up the season. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Mm. So, aside from talking about the goals itself, the goals themselves, which included mistakes for both of them, and then there's obviously a, a, some chances that have gone begging. What were you taking taking away from this game? Is it just the same old story, or was there something more in there? Um, I thought they did enough to, to win this game, and I know we've sat here and said that before, but that was harsh, that, that late goal, wasn't it, to, to lose that game. They certainly didn't deserve to lose it, but at risk of sounding very glib, goals win games, and um, they're not scoring enough of them at the moment, and they had... I guess a bigger worry would be if they weren't creating chances in games. And there was a time where they weren't creating chances. They are now creating chances. It's now just a case of not not being clinical enough and not taking them. And, you know, just like in the Oxford game, just like in the Sunderland game, we could probably go back through several. They're not just half chances. They're they're high-quality chances. Um, Was Freddie fouled? Was it a penalty when, when the rebound came out to him? Possibly a nudge from behind. I still think it goes down as a, as a missed chance. And Flynn, um, Flynn Downs should probably have scored with, exactly. with, the, with the initial chance. Exactly. He's put it far too close to the goalkeeper in, inside the box. Um, and that puts pressure on, on your defence when, you, when you're not scoring goals. And I go back to an interview you did with, with Bart recently, and he says, reflecting on the relegation season, I'm not being harsh, but when you don't believe that your team can score a couple of goals in a game, you know you've got to keep a clean sheet and that puts immense pressure on the back line and that's when mistakes start creeping in. And um, Earlier in the season they were keeping clean sheets and they were able to win games 1-0. Now they're not keeping clean sheets and, and the, the two goals they conceded were yeah. dreadful goals. Yeah, Let's talk about the first one then. There's a the catalogue of errors in there um, but it all began with Luke Garbutt who was kind of looking to play his way out of defence and tried a little flick around his man to try. I think he was trying to get the ball to Emir Hughes with a, this little flick, which Paul Lambert after the game des- described as a five-a-side move. And he's, he's right, isn't he? That was, it's not the area to be doing to be doing that. I put, previously, the, the week before, Paul said, he, I'll never throw players under the bus. That was our back page headline after the, the Oxford game. But he... Uh, he kind of threw Luke Garbutt under the bus in his post-match press conference, and and it's fair criticism because you know whatever you think about the mistakes that followed that goal, and there were more, um, that all stemmed from Luke Garbutt making a poor decision in a poor area, and and perhaps that's why we ended. He's ended up sort of moving forward as a winger in the in the Maybe. last couple of seasons. Oxford apparently had a had a bad time of it at left back, and and Ipswich signed him off the back of him sort of. Um, Getting back on an upward curve, curve as a left winger, his best form came as a as a left winger slash left wing back. We saw him back at left back at the weekend in a four four two, and um, yeah, a, ba- a bad decision in in a wrong area. And then of course, they look like they've got away with it. Flynn in a, inexplicably sort of tackles Emir Hughes as he as he's coming out of defence. Bit statuesque in terms of the way Dewsbury Hall sort of then cut inside. Could Holy have done a little bit better? In fairness to him, he's, he's probably unsighted, but it still creeps underneath his yeah. arm. I think when you get that hand to it, I think you're always going to going to want to do better. I'm sure if if anybody had asked him, he'd tell you that he, he wanted to do better with that. If you remember how critical he was with himself after the Accrington game, where I don't think we were really pinning an awful lot on him, on him at all after that game, were we? But um, but yeah, not a, not a good goal to concede at all, and that. It, that just feeds into everything you've just said, doesn't it? If you're conceding goals like that and you're not overly confident of scoring twice in a game, you're going to struggle to come away with, with three points, but it did look as if they were going to come away with, with one point, and that was a, a decent Freddie Sears goal that looked like that was going to secure that. Great for Freddie, his first 90 minutes in the league in a year, his first goal in nearly 14 months, but ultimately the old cliche goes that won't mean an awful lot to him now but mm. some positives there at least yeah positive with with Freddie getting 90 minutes I thought he had a pretty decent game all things considered um, you know how long he's been out and that being his, his first start league start for what a year over yeah. a year yeah um, but when he goes through at the end do you do you really 
believe that, that he was going to score. He tried to sort of just nick it round the goalkeeper. I think he was trying to nick it one way and, and run the other. Um, and that started the counter-attack. And then it's, it's a, a long ball out from the goalkeeper. Garbutt, again, probably should, shouldn't let it bounce. And then Earl probably should stop the cross. And then I don't, again, I don't think you can blame Holy for that's not it's it's beyond his near post to to come and sort of punch that over over the over Nuttall. Um, Earl had been dragged out out of position by that point, and um, yeah, everyone mm. sort of slumps slumps forward and thinks, hmm, that's that's the body blow. Yeah, what would a point have done? How would we have been feeling coming away from from that game if Ipswich had taken a point? Because I personally, I think it. I think things would have felt really quite different after that. The Fleetwood game, which we're going to talk about significantly later on in this, would still be absolutely huge. But there's no body blow. There's no. I, I think a point would have would have been okay. I don't know how you'd feel. Um, I don't know if I'd have felt drastically different. I think it, people wouldn't have felt as bad as they were. But I don't think a draw would have, even with a a half decent performance and a draw would have suddenly injected the level of belief that was required i think a draw had it been again it's it's all depends on what what precedes it if they'd have been on a reasonable run and then you go to blackpool and get a draw then people go long journey played well it's a positive point but i just think having dropped so many points in the previous games i'm not sure a draw would have completely changed the mood going in into this this fleetwood game um had they taken some of those chances and won, then we'd have been sat here going, yep, here we go. They've won that game. Could be a springboard again, but we keep going round mm. in these cycles now, don't we? Ross, how was your day? Wet? Windy? You, you, you didn't, windy, get, you didn't get blown windy. away, no. which, is, which um, is good. I actually enjoyed the game for once. Normally I rock up and go, here we go, it's going to be a dull game, but there was chances of plenty. Um, I thought Chambers career was finished when he was on the floor he was like really in pain weren't he I thought oh dear that's not good there um, but yeah goals chances and all that and I just it was an interesting thing to do weren't it have a one on one chance and then go the other team go to the other side and go and score good good cross to be fair to Liam Feeney former town player um, and a good header and the Blackpool faithful were in, the, in their hordes jumping on their players. And you weren't in that bit, were you? No, thank, I, thankfully not. There was a point was, I was a bit worried for you at one point. Yeah. Thought, oh, please tell me Ross hasn't sat himself in that yeah. bit. Yeah, I was going to be behind the town fans. So when Sears scored, I thought, mm, I think, thank God I wasn't there. But then what if I was sitting there deciding to go over there and then we scored the late winner? I'm sure I would have been crushed. <laughs> but I probably would have enjoyed myself as well because... We've, we've won the game but, <laughs> but it's fine I've, I've broken several ribs yeah um, but it's which have won three so. points all that but yeah just as Stu said and even Lambert said both boxes were just not you know ruthless enough uh, we're creating chances we're just not creating chances in good opportunities really in terms of we're creating chances but for me they're not clear cut if you know what I mean they're not to you know where we're like ooh and stuff like that it's more like you know see that 1-1 one, one, but yeah I think Andy said it in a previous podcast It's ne- you never feel like they're banging on the door that the mm. pressure's coming here we go this is going to tell in a minute and you get a sense in games and for it, for me it's all a bit the build up's sometimes a bit slow it's a bit ponderous um, I think both Scoos and, and Hughes probably are guilty of slowing it down sometimes um, so then when they have moments they kind of they are moments in games and they do get chances, but it's just I don't think they ever have sustained mm. spells of, of pressure. Um, what do, what do we think about four three three? I like it. You know I like it. It's my is it, it it's what it's I your jam. It is my jam. It's what it's what I would have would have been going with all the time. You do you do have to have the right players for for it though. I, I can see mm. that and. Before Freddie came back, they probably didn't. I think he's opened the door a little bit for that, and he's still not 100% fit. You can still tell there's not the not the, the zip in him that, that he used to have, and hopefully that will come. Um, but they're starting to get the players to maybe do it, and I was going to move on to potential bright spots, and, and one of those was Armando Dobra, mm. wasn't it, when he came on, who is a player that could, yeah. play, could play in that role. I thought he was sort of going to be getting substituted off straight away when he came on, because his first sort of thing... He- 
did was basically whack into a player who was on the floor and I was like, oh dear. Yeah. Um, but he got up and shook, shook himself off and, yeah, he ran out of players and he was, I think, the most fouled town player in the game despite coming on in like the 50th minute or 60th minute. So mm. that's Well, he brings the stats. To be fair, I'll give credit to Liam from Crew. He gave me that one, so up to Liam. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, Liam. <laughs> it was good. It was good. He, he provides, we've been talking about when you're struggling for a bit of form, belief, whatever, uh, the fearlessness of youth, and I think Armando definitely has that. He's got an edge about them. Lambert talked afterwards about having a bit of a nasty streak in them, a bit of a competitive edge, a bit of, I don't know what, what you call it, that little bit of something that gets you over the line in games. And Dobra certainly has that. We've seen it, that it can sometimes go too far. He, he gets bookings, he gets red cards. But he just came on and he... He changed it, didn't he? He runs at people. There was one moment where he, he showed a great bit of control, plucked the ball out of the sky right by the right-hand touchline. Then he tried, immediately started to sort of dart at his marker. He got tackled, and then to be fair to him, he raced about 70 yards back, won the ball back, and then Ipswich kind of countered the counter. And I just thought, yeah. And you could, the, the fans were right next to us by the press box, and you, you could see that that just lifted them, and it lifted Ipswich, and... Um, there's every chance he'll he'll start tomorrow it's night. Ti- it's time. I think it's time. Time for a start. Why why are you currently showing us a picture of of us? Yeah, this Ross. is this is Mike. He's a town fan who uh oh, takes yeah. loads of pictures. I don't know if you guys remember this. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. Been taking a picture. That's a nice little cute picture of Very cute, yeah. Yeah. Get them get that framed in the office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We look very simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do look quite simple. Just stuck up from behind our little desk. Yeah. That there you go. Yeah, thank you. And on Thanks, Mike. Is Mike the guy with the bucket hat? Yes, he's, he drove me to Rotherham. Did he? Yeah, so, top lad. Star of hashtag game day sometimes? Yeah, sometimes, yeah, when he fancies it. Yeah? Yeah. Ooh. When he's up for it. Right, is that it for Blackpool chat? Um, any uh, any other Blackpool business? What else do we need business? to cover? Uh, Downs, 10th yellow, suspended now for two big games. I mean... <laughs> If the, if you had any hope going into these matches, it's it's starting to dwindle now that you've now got your two top joint top goal goal scorers out in Norwood and Jackson. You've now got arguably your best player in Flynn Down suspended for both of them. Is Vincent Young going to be fit? Maybe, but mm, there's fit and then there's fit exactly. Um, so you're talking about your best players. You want your best players on the pitch for the big moments and Ipswich haven't got them and they haven't got mm. any momentum and it's it's hard to find some belief going into these matches at the moment. Well good, the chat about the Fleetwood game is going to be great when we get there <laughs> later, isn't it? Find some belief in the next 25 minutes but, or but so. Just to go back to 4-3-3, uh, we know that that's Lambert's formation of choice. From day one, he went round showing all of the youth teams, the ladies teams, everyone that this is this is my way of playing 4-3-3 and certain patterns of play and you're right, certain injuries have stopped him doing that. He has had no wingers. He's had Lancaster out for the season, Sears out for a long time, then Danny Rowe gets injured. Even Gwion Edwards had some time out at the start of the season as well, didn't he? Yeah. And he was struggling for form a bit himself. So that that's kind of what forced his hand with, with wing backs. Um coupled with the fact that Jackson's better suited to a, to a front two rather than a front three. Loads of things kind of have, have kind of put 4-3-3 on the back burner. But um, I think certainly at the start of next season, once he's had a transfer window, if he's had a transfer window, um, that, that will be the system we see. Good, I say. That's my jam. Right, that's it for a football for a, a short while. We're going to get back to some other, other Ipswich news, some Sunday news that that uh, broke yesterday at some point but here's a little interlude Mark's big question Question. he's not here he's in his happy place he's got his pint he's got his dog he's got his walking boots and he's got his flat cap He's happy, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Are we, are we thinking Mark's probably quite a happy man this morning? Very much so. He loved the peaks. Loved the peaks. But he has sent in a Mark's big question. And Ross, you are the man to read it. Hit yes, us. yes. Um, weirdly enough, I can't actually pronounce one of these words, so I'm just going to remix it. Which one of those words could... I, I probably can, but I'm just going to butcher it, so I'm just going to ignore it. Butcher it. That's what the people want. Yeah. In honour of towns, rapidly... <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> 
break dis- it break it down. Disintegrating season. I think that's right. Disintegrating. Disintegrating. Dis- yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I don't know why I can't say that. I like it. Tell me about a time when it became apparent to you that you weren't, in fact, much cop at something you previously thought you were good at. Hmm. Much cop. For me, the thing that I used to pride myself on, ahead of most other things, was skimming stones in the sea <laughs> slash on bodies of water. I used to be really, really good at this. But it's all in the shoulder. And as I've got older, my ability to do it once got 23 skims of a stone, which, let me tell you, is outrageous. I can't do it anymore. I've not got the zip in my shoulder anymore. I can't actually angle my shoulder the way that I want to. And I've lost it. It's gone. I just can't do it anymore, Stu. And you, you're looking at me with pity eyes. And I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sad for you because that is... That's a skill that I would I would court sometimes when you're at the beach. You see other dads impressing their children. It's an- and then you try and do it and I might get two, three skips if I'm lucky. It's it's um it's a skill that people should have. They should teach it at school. They really. should do. And it, it's so it's so devastating because you've summed it up right there. It's a skill that dads show their children. And I've lost it just at the time when I I am a dad. Mm. It's when I need it the most. I'm, my body's let me down. And um, it's devastating. It's absolutely devastating. Anyway, who's who else has got something? Um, recently, I tried to climb something for my niece. I had to go and get a ball. Cause, well, she kicked the ball over. And um, I used to be really good at climbing things. And, Bet you did. Um, now I'm not much cop. At climbing things, um, I, st- I got got over this, you know, big fence and stuff. But I st- sort of butchered it as well, and got my, you know, sh- shirt caught in it and stuff like that. But I was thinking, back in the day, I was the king of climbing trees and climbing anything. I used to just love climbing on roofs and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, last week not so much. I um, struggled very much, struggled. So did you get the ball back, though? I got the ball back, but good, it was good uncling. Yeah, pretty embarrassing way of getting it. But, yeah, a friend of mine. Um, at high school, Callum uh, was, a cli- was a climber. And whenever the ball, at uh, lunchtime, whenever the ball went over the, the metal fence into the neighbouring, I think it was a, like, a little garden that had a big toy train on it. And uh, he used to be the one sent over. And he, want, he, he had an unusual technique, and he, he once caught his um, scrotum oh. Oh dear. on a bit of, you know the kind of metal fence that, I mean, oh, kind of like yeah. with little hexagons in it. Yeah. He once caught himself on the top of there and got a little, little, little cut. Oh no! Um, yeah, very painful apparently. Yeah, mm. That's all down to technique. Ouch. Shouldn't shouldn't have done that. <laughs> no. Anyway, moving on, Stu. Uh, things that I've lots of things. Uh, <laughs> football in general. When we played in the summer, we played twice, didn't we? We played in that that kit launch game at Portman Road, and then we played over in Germany in front of the first team squad both times made me realise that that my football ability and fitness in general is uh, not much cop anymore Um, computer games used to be quite good at those now obviously time you don't get a lot of time to play computer games you know with work and dadding and general life but sometimes I'll I'll go online and play a little game of FIFA and uh, get beaten probably by a a ten-year-old child <laughs> who knows all of, all of the moves. Um, that's quite demoralising. Um, Have you sold your gaming chair? That's gone. That, see, that's that is a big statement. That's gone now. That's mm. just you. You've sold your chair. You haven't even got a chair anymore. Mm. Gone. What else? Interviews. Work interview. There was a time where I thought I was untouchable going into interviews. Nailed all my exams. Oh, first, uh, first job interview. That kind job of interview. Job interview. First job interview. I was this one. Got that. I was just like, this is, this is everything. The world just falls at my feet. And then, um, and then I had a few back to earth moments. I think the worst one was when um, I went up to to Goodison Park and I had an interview for Everton, club I grew up supporting, dream job, in the director's box overlooking the pitch, and I froze big time. Absolutely bottled it. My mind went blank on. The thing that I was most passionate about at that time. Oh no! And uh, there's there's been a, f- a few others that haven't been haven't haven't been my best. Is it fair to say, Stu, that if you want to represent big clubs, you have to be able to handle the pressure? I didn't. I didn't handle the pressure. 
we've seen that that is a that is a real issue. I thought you meant the actual interviews in your day job, which <laughs> I was I was going to get slightly concerned there that you're now just <laughs> just <laughs> not any good that, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I've lost it. Yeah, I have those doubts too. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm a hundred percent in job interviews. I've got every job I've ever gone for. There you go. Might go for another one. So. Momentum is everything. Yeah, Confidence yeah, is key. Exactly. But when you take one blow, though, what it could it's set true. you could set you back years. It's true. Could set you back years. Good. Good question. Mark hasn't sent in his answer for that. So next time we're next time we're all together, we'll get his we'll get his answer. I wonder what it might be. Anyway, back to the football. And aside from the Blackpool game, the big talking point. I'll tell you what Mark's answer will be. Okay. Arm wrestling. Hello. We'll, okay, we'll return to that next time. Okay, Mark knows. It's a little little in joke, <laughs> and he'll be fuming. He's, he's had his nice start for the day. He's about to take the dog out. He's had a nice breakfast. He's he's picked which pub he's going to stop at on the way, and then he'll put this on, and he'll hear you digging him out. But we'll explain that story maybe another time. Anyway, Neil Warnock. That's where <laughs> I was going. <laughs> Neil Warnock. Um, not for the first time. Um, Ipswich linked with Neil Warnock? Um, linked. No smoke without fire would be what what some would say. Second time he's been linked. This all started at the very end of December. I think it was the 31st of December. Neil Warnock was asked on TalkSport, out of the blue, from Ray Parler. It's only Ray Parler. Yeah. First of all, it was, would you fancy... He was on with his mates, Alan Brazil and, and Ray Parler, and would you fancy getting back into management nearly... I think he'd just left Cardiff in the November. And he sort of said, yeah, my wife says I can I can get one more job till the end of the season, and having a good laugh about that. And then out of nowhere, Ray sort of said, what about Ipswich? You've been linked to Ipswich. And I, for the life of me, I couldn't see a link anywhere to Neil Warnock at that at that time. So where that's come from... I don't know. I think one of the producers of the show admitted in a tweet afterwards that he would, he'd been a little bit naughty with it. Whether it's something Neil himself had kind of said, just chuck that out there, um, I don't know. But, of course, Paul Lambert signed his new five-year deal the very next day on January the 1st. So that all went quiet and has gone away, and, and now Ipswich find themselves struggling and the Warnock link has popped up again. So read into that what you will. Um, I, we need to do a bit more digging, and I'm hoping to to find out a little bit more over the coming days and weeks. But it would be a hell of a climb down, one hell of a climb down, if Ipswich Town were to part company with Paul Lambert five months within five months of him signing a five year deal. Now it's not going to be a five year payoff. It didn't take a rocket scientist to work out that there are going to be clauses in that contract. I said. Uh, I think I've got a reasonable understanding of what they are, but not enough to throw them out there. But safe to say they wouldn't be giving him a five-year payoff. And there will be clauses, performance-related clauses, that, that Ipswich could enact if, if they wanted to. But do they really want to do that? Well, isn't all the noise... All the debate... Should we talk about Warnock first? Whether... Whether they, there's a managerial change or not, if Neil, is there any point in Neil Warnock having ten games if he really is retiring in the summer? It's not going to happen before Tuesday. So, so it's nine big games. game against Fleetwood's come and gone. So then you're talking nine games. The uh, horse has bolted, I would suggest. Yeah, by this point. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think in terms of Warnock, whether you think he's the kind of manager Ipswich should go for or not, if he's genuinely retiring in the summer. It really does feel like that. That time, that time has gone. That yeah. was the the end. If the be all and end all was to go up first time of asking this season, which I'm not convinced was the it was the be all and end all when they came up with their plans at the start of the season. When you look at what Leo Neal's talked about long term projects, Marcus Evans has talked about long term. I think they went into this season with quite a pragmatic view that yes, that's what we're aiming for. But you know, they've looked at the record of big clubs, inverted commas, in, in League One and how others have struggled. And I think they were pragmatic enough to know that there's no guarantee that they would they would go back up. So perhaps what's happening now isn't hasn't been a major surprise to, to people behind the scenes. It, like you say, if, if the target was 
go up or nothing, the time to have gone for your Neil Warnock character would have been during that 12-game winless run around the turn of the year. They didn't do it then. They gave Paul the new contract. I don't see how you can backtrack on that now, unless behind the scenes things are things are changing. But I don't know. Neil Warnock said before that this is his last season, he's going to retire, and I'm going off to Cornwall to have the quiet life, and, and it's never happened. So maybe the difference would be that Neil Warnock says, I'll do you another season. I'll do you one year next year, and I guarantee you with my eight promotions on my CV, I'll get you up. And and maybe... I mean, he would tick a lot of the Marcus Evans boxes in -hmm. terms of his previous appointments and things like that. Would it be a a return to sort of the Mick McCarthy pragmatic style of football that everyone got a bit fed up with? I think that's a bit of an unfair tag labelled at Neil Warnock. You speak to someone like Darren Ambrose and he'll tell you that Neil was his favourite manager to play for at Palace when he had that season where he scored a ton of goals. He said he loved playing as an attack-minded player for Warnock because he basically trains in training. He has his defensive unit. I can't remember the, the tags that he gave them, but he basically trained them separately. You have six, basically I have six defenders on the pitch and I have four attackers. And the four attackers can do what you want going forwards and the other six stop the goals. And that's as simple as it is with Neil Warnock. But he does give his attacking players freedom. Look at Tarrapt and other players like that. So, well, Tarrapt's probably... The, it, Warnock's probably the only manager that he's ever done anything for Adele Tarabd. Mm. He's um yeah, he's he's a funny old player. But so that's Neil that's Neil Warnock. Mm. In terms of Ipswich, all the noise, like you've said, all the noise has been about long term plans and long term long term visions. And that doesn't that doesn't involve changing the manager five months after well, it wouldn't even be five months if it happened now, would it? But what message does that get it's all very well coming out with these long-term plans and visions and things, but those words would become immediately hollow and empty once you kind of keep saying that. And then, you know, what, what are you saying to your next manager? You know, come here, I want you to play the kids, I want you to build a long-term plan. That's going to put some serious doubt in their minds. The whole point of giving Lambert a five-year deal was to encourage him to make long-term decisions and not to feel the pressure of of getting the sack within within a few games, that perhaps Mick McCarthy, for all his success, that the grumble was that he made short-term decisions because it's a bit of self-preservation and I've got to do what I need to do to just kind of get by, you know, week to week, month to month, you know, whether that be if ultimate pragmatism in terms of style of play, reliance on loans, that's what Ipswich are trying to disengage with and they've tried to... The whole point of giving Paul this five-year contract was to a message to him and to the players that this is a long-term project. So to to, to walk away from that, as I say, would be a hell of a climb down because your next manager's coming in and you can tell them all you like about long-term plan and they look at Paul Hurst lasted X number of days, Paul Lambert gone within five months of a five-year deal. It would just send out the wrong message for me. But I do concede that if you're going to commit to a long-term plan, you've got to be certain that you've got the right man in charge of that long-term plan. And that's where the debate comes. Has Paul Lambert proven that he is the man to, to lead that long-term plan? And, and were Ipswich premature to give him that remit in January? We've had a long chat about that on here in the past, and it, we, we said yes, didn't we? That it did feel premature to be giving out, to be giving out that, that contract. So, I don't know. For me personally, I, I can't, I can't see a change. I and I'm not sure it would be particularly helpful to make a change. And if I was to put put my pound on it now, I think I would put that pound on Paul Lambert being in charge of Ipswich at the start of next season. I don't know where your where your pounds where your pounds would go on that particular yeah, one. But it probably would only be about a pound stake. I That's think all that, I've that, got. Well, I haven't <laughs> got. I haven't got that, any more. That is. I mean, that is probably where I'd be putting my pound, but not with any great certainty at the moment. Ross, how are you feeling about all this? I'm, st- I'm still in shock about the five-year contract, so I was thinking why would Evans out of nowhere, where he's not normally done that, got rid of a manager, but giving him a five-year deal, it's like, I know there's clauses you possibly would, you know, would think in his contract, give him a five-year deal and you think there's clauses, if you don't get up, then possibly we have to look into it, but Neil Warnock, nah, not for me. Definitely after 
giving your manager a five-year contract. That doesn't happen nowadays, does it? You'll get, luckily, get a two-year contract at clubs nowadays. So, yeah, I think it's just one of those just links. We're not doing very well. Let's just, oh, his manager has not got a job. Boom, link it, basically. That's what I think. But, yeah. On the subject of putting pounds in places, you sent <laughs> us a little picture um, on WhatsApp mm. before Saturday's mm. game mm. where you suggested you'd put £100 at odds of 3-1 to one on Aaron Drynan scoring, was it scoring the first goal? or Any time. Air, scoring any time for air. Yeah. Were they playing our, our broth? Alawa. Alawa. My granddad's team. Your granddad's team. Yeah. Mm. At the weekend. And then he did. Yeah. So you are £300 richer? Um. Yeah. No. No, I bossed it. I just, I'm not a betting man normally, um, but I was just, you know, in the car up to... I was a Blackpool and I thought, you know what, I'm going to put a few bets on, why not? And um, I thought, you know what, A Drizzy, Mark's boy, I thought, why not? And um, jokingly put 100, but I went, I haven't got 100 in my account, so can't do that. So I put a fiver on and uh, thankfully he went and scored. So you're £15 richer? Yeah, pretty much. What were your other bets? Um, did a, a cum- cum- ugh, accumulator. Um, different games, of course. Never on, on town. Never, never bet on town because that never, never comes through. But yeah, nothing happened. Yeah, it's a slippery slope, my friend. Yeah, Cambridge let me down. Losing it's Carlisle, uh, the boys Carlisle. So when mm. the fun stops, stop. Yeah, mm. I'm gonna stop now. I think. Have you stopped now? Yeah, yeah. Close the account. Yeah, I've uh, brought my money back. I put I put twenty pound in to put a few bets on, and uh, yeah, well, yeah. And lost it all. Lost oh, no, it all. have you lost it all? Did you did you no. reinvest your your Drynan money? Yeah, yeah. I um, just you know transferred it back into my account. So, Good. so yeah, That's I may put another bit you know bit on Drynan again though next week. Roll it over. Yeah, I feel like we're going to be returning to the Lambert future yeah. chat significantly over the next few weeks. I don't know if there's anything more. You feel we need to add now? I think it is certainly not one that's going to... I think the debate will... The, the nuances of the debate will change over these last 10 games. A lot of them at home, and I think perhaps the, the atmosphere within the stadium could, could play its part. Um, there's already been... You can already feel in the air that the tide of opinion against Paul has, has started to turn a little bit. Chance of five more years, you're having a laugh. Lambert, sort it out. Started in the Oxford game. We heard a bit of it at Blackpool at the weekend... Um, we've said that all, all of the goodwill that he built up was always going to kind of be I think he felt that it would hang about a lot longer than it has done and yeah. that it would stretch further than it has but perhaps that's naive on his behalf mm-hmm. to think that all of the stuff that had gone before was always we've always said there was every chance even during that good run that it wouldn't take much for it to, to boil to the surface yeah. again and, and we're back at that that point and um, I'm sure Marcus will have a look at how attendances are over these last few games what the atmosphere is like the stuff that I would say in in support of Paul and I'm by no means kind of laying everything behind him here um, but I would say that the football is is probably more enjoyable to watch this year the way that they're trying to play and, and this technical style of play that Marcus wants and that Lambert's trying to deliver probably takes time to, to get right um, and we're seeing signs of it coming together I, I enjoy the games more Ross just said he enjo- you know you enjoyed the game Saturday and there have been enjoyable games this year I was listening to Tony Pulis on 5 Live weren't we on the drive yeah. up and he was talking about how one bad transfer window can set a club back five years you could certainly say that the Hurst transfer window set Ipswich back and that, that managers need three windows to really mould their own squad do, do we really count that January window? No, no not for me. Not no. for me. It's, it's, that was a needs must window, wasn't it? You you can't. That that was in no way trying to build for the the future. No. That was that was a here and now. So if he's if he's had one proper window so far, and then I think recruitment above all else is how you you judge a manager. You look back at last summer and you go, Vincent Young's been a really the one signing he spent money on. Vincent Young, very good. Um, Norwood. We, we can't really judge because of, of the injuries. Um, Holy's looked like a, a reasonable signing. Wilson's been solid enough as a free agent. You can go through them. So d- does he deserve another crack at another summer? Would you prefer a manager who's been here for 18 months that's really got to the core of where this club's at and why it's got here and has 
someone who is standing up to Evans and is asking for more, perhaps in a way that Mick didn't, does he deserve another summer to really sort of push for the, the players that he wants? I think he gets it in terms of adding some more leadership and character and we're going into this post-Chambers Scoos era and I don't know. I think it would be a bigger risk to go with someone completely different than perhaps someone that, that kind of knows what's the state of play. But I don't know. A lot. A, the mood could change again massively in these, these next few games. Yeah, we'll get on to the, uh, the, the next game on the horizon in just a second. But um, we've got some urgent business to attend to. Um, hit the button, Ross, and let's go. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Strike, brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth, producer Ross. Hello. <laughs> Hachi, Stewie, here we go, no edition of The Strike. I um, did this in the car back from Blackpool yesterday with Liam just do a little test run little practice you know in the mirror as you do um, in the rear view mirror no 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 just you know jokingly there's all mirror you know when you flip it over you know you know what in, the, I mean? what, in the sun the, the underneath the sun visor yeah yeah that but yeah anyway <laughs> uh, blast from the past now this week will be the normal reminder of Herman Neroderson's goal that wasn't in the game against Bradford City, I remember him celebrating, going into the crowd, and he thought he scored. It wasn't his goal. It wasn't was it? his goal. Bless him. Uh, but how many goals did he score during his time at Portman Road? Closest number to it. He didn't score in this game, but he did score goals during his time. So who? Closest. Andy probably knows the answer. This is this is yeah. His his era, two thousand and one, three one one against Bradford City. I've got no idea. Herm, big Herman Horidison. Did he scores five goals for Ipswich? Okay. One. Three. So it's a draw, really. Uh, so what happens there? You both get a point. Okay. All right, then. Go then. Correct. I can only remember one. That Man City. Yeah, he might have yeah, he scored three. Don't flash back. Don't flash back. <sighs> this week will be the 25th anniversary of the 9-0 defeat at Man United. Yeah. But, but who was the captain for town that day? David Linnigan, John Walk, or Steve Sledgy? Sledgy. Steve Sledgy. I can't say it. <laughs> Steve Sedgley. Sedgley, Walk, or Linnigan? Hmm... I think David Linnigan had been moved aside by that point. I'm going to say John Walk. Okay. Um, just to make it different, I'll say Steve Sledgely. <laughs> Sledgely is right. Yes. What is right? Steve Sledgely. Steve. 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 Town won. 5 2 at Hull City in 2007. Who opened the scoring for town that night? Jason DeVos, Francis Jeffers, or Alan Lee? Hmm. Five goals. Franny Jeffers. Okay. Uh, he definitely scored in that game, mm. but I'll, I'll go different. I'll go I'll go Jason DeVos. It's Franny Jeffers? Yes. 3 oh, 1. Numbers game! Jimmy Bollard scored twice as Dale won 2 0 at Cardiff in 2011. But how many goals did he score in total during his time at Portman Road? So he scored twice in this game, but how many other goals L- did he loan score? Both, both spells? Yeah, both spells. Okay. His second spell was not so good. Uh, 12. Okay. 9. 6. 6. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Romeo. Romeo Zanandovan. Mm. Let's just move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can somebody go back through and clip up all of these, please? There's a little montage. Romeo Zondavan. Zondavan. Oh, so, sorry, Romeo. Break it down into syllables. Yeah. We'll celebrate his 61st birthday this week. His what? Uh, six, 61st. Is he really? Yeah. 
Happy birthday. I used to live opposite my friend Chris. Really? Yeah. Oh. Not now. Cool story, bro. Yeah, yeah. that's all I've got for you. <laughs> <laughs> but how many games did he play for town during his eight-year spell at Portman Road? Eight years um, did he play frequently. From 1984 to 1992. Just a little fact there for you. Eight years. Captain as well at some point. I think. T- t- two, 220. 220. Okay. 285. You're both wrong, but it, it's 325. So you are Thank the closest. You. Well done. So, yeah. Am I winning? Yes, you've won. Great. I've won. There you go. That's it. <laughs> Yay! Do you want do you want a tiebreaker just for yeah. the yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy birthday, Jordan Graham. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jordan. <laughs> Twenty-five uh, this week. Um, how many games did he play during his two eventful spells at Portman Road? Oh, Very eventful. Five. Okay. Yeah. Single figures for both, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he was rubbish, wasn't he? Six. <laughs> Six is yeah. bang on. Absolutely nailed it. He played in that Norwich game, didn't he? He was particularly poor in that He had one. a free... He, he was on free kicks. I remember <laughs> he was like... <laughs> with like ten minutes into the game. It's like, the new signing's on on it. No, no. He, he was... He was rubbish. It was bad. Yeah. I don't know where he's at now. Mark Mark labelled him Air Jordan or Flair Jordan. Yeah, special Graham, mm. something like that. He was very special. Golden Graham. That's Golden Graham. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why nicknames are bad names. Not bad names. Yeah. Anywho, thank you very much, contestants. No, thank you. <laughs> My boy Baz, ready to go. And I know I brought this up last week, but speedy recovery. Barry, because he's injured, and he. We had that last week. I know, but I just want to say it again. Get well soon, Barry. Get well soon, Barry. Keep that hair in check. Happy yeah. birthday, Jordan. And Romeo. Hi, guys. Barry Cotter here. That was another edition of The Strike with producer Ross. Tune in next week for another edition of The Great Quiz Show. Thanks, Baz. Thank you very much. Looking forward to his birthday. Do what's on him. You'll probably be invited, won't you? Yeah, to some yeah, kind of, you'll be invited yeah. out for some Shindig. kind of yeah. night out with the lads. Aqua or something. Quite. It's always Aquate. Don't know why. <laughs> yeah. or, 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 have, have you ever been there? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. Is it any good? That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's no. It's, it's better than all right. It's nice food. Why not? Mm. Another another primary uh, high school friend of mine owns Aurora. Oh. Another Callum, not the one with the scrotum from the, from the fence. Another Callum. <laughs> Callum Hewitt. Anyway, what a legacy! I know the one with it. That same Callum is the one that broke my broke my wrist and which still causes me trouble. Oh. To this day, so shout out to you, that's, Callum. That's karma, isn't it? Mm. Break someone's wrist, split your sack, and it was in that order as well. <laughs> so yeah, he's getting what he what he deserved. Anyway, um, moving moving on. Um, big game Tuesday night. Um, we'll hear from Paul Lambert very quickly first, and then we'll talk Ipswich Fleetwood. No, you have to win. You, ha- you have to win. And and if we do that, then you're, you're right back in it. But we have to win. Listen, they've done well. It's, it's again, but we're at home, and we have to win. That's uh, the focus. Is we have to win the game. That's we, we can't afford to drop. We have to win. Do they have to win? I think Paul has made it very clear <laughs> that he believes that this is a must-win game. So there's not really an awful lot else to say. Um, it is, isn't it? He's right. You've, you've said it for a while that this is the this is the one that will make or break it. Yeah, and here we are. So and here we are. They had a weekend off, Fleetwood. Where were they? Were they playing? They were, they were meant to be at, playing on the beach at Tranmere, right. but the beach was um, flooded this week. The tide was in, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so nobody was able to play. So yeah, they've had a, they've had a weekend off, um, which in theory means they should have the the fresher legs. In theory, um, it should have had the fresher legs on on Saturday because Blackpool had played in midweek. Um, Theory's not always yeah. Um, so we'll we'll put that aside. Uh, the bigger thing for me is the form of the two teams. Fleet would have won five on the on the trot five, maybe five, maybe five, five on the spin. <laughs> um, they're in good form. Jerry Barton's been. Uh, they kind of won five on the spin. Cause they had to draw against Sunderland in there, didn't they? But they're in. They're doing well. They're doing well. They're, they're on. They're on a bit of a charge. Ipswich aren't on a charge. They're on the retreat. Mm. Um, 
So it's 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 a tough game, isn't it? Um, let's see what the atmosphere is like. Let's see. The first the first goal is crucial. We're back to the cliche game. Ding. Um, I uh, go on. You talk, you boys talk about it. Yeah. Well, there isn't an awful lot more to say. They they have they have to win. Um, this is the last chance saloon. I think it would be great if they, for, you know, if if like kind of emotions could be put aside in in the stands. Maybe I don't know. They need that. They need the crowd on side because if there's any hope at all of this of this going the way that the Ipswich want it to go, that they have to win this game. And as we we talked about earlier, they're missing four of their best players as well. So you might you might make Fleetwood's Fleetwood favourites for this game. Do you think? I don't know what it would be like with the bookies, but Drew Barton's not in a dugout, is he? No, he'll be uh, he'll be up in the yeah. stands. He's got a touchline van, no, hasn't he? No honey badgered here up then. Mm. No. Mm-hmm. So we'll go with four three three again. Yep. It's just whether with a season Bishop Bishop was withdrawn after an hour um, at Blackpool, which felt planned. That felt like very much like that was in the script. Are they going to be good to start again? If they are, I might go with those two on the the wide positions again. But I really would be playing Dobra. I really, I really would. I think the fearlessness of youth. Um, Lambert's talked about Dobra having the mentality to be able to deal with it, and I think that's probably true. He he is a fearless young man. He's he's pretty driven. He's focused. Perhaps too too driven sometimes, <laughs> but maybe learning to yeah, reel that back. Yeah, but, and uh, managers always say it. They'd rather. You can't teach that. You can't put that into a player. You're better for them to have too much of it and for them to sort of learn through experience how to dial that down. Flynn Downs is the perfect example of that. Was looking like a real hothead and, you know, a pre-season headbutt. And look how he's matured this season. Mm. You know, he's now sometimes the pacifier when it all kicks off. He still has his moments, but, you know, I'd rather them have it than, you know, I look through the rest of that team and I don't know if enough of them have got that that edge, whatever whatever you want to say about it. It's, it's, a, it's a fairly quiet team. There's a few mm. moaners in there. Um, so, yeah, but can Freddie play another 90, well, can Freddie start another game? He's just had a year out. He's just, he looked like, he got a bit of a second win towards the end, but there was a point where he had one sort of bursting run up the the right and I think it was when Judge sort of scuffed a bit of a volley in the box and I looked at Freddie and he looked goosed to use a Mick goosed. McCarthy phrase um, <laughs> so I'm sure he'll be he'll have sort of felt it in the last couple of days they'll have got them all in the cryotherapy and but they, they could do with him really yeah. because he provides that bit of left sided balance but what do you do what do you do then if he can't he's not good to go I, I... Edwards Dobber on the left Edwards on the right if Bishop's good to go again, I would because you're obviously going to have to place. You're going to have to replace Downs in the midfield. I'd be maybe maybe putting Teddy into a more central, mm. one of the central positions in there, trying to get because I think he's I think he's much more effective through the middle of the pitch than mm. he is than he is wide. Edwards has always said he prefers the left side. That's where he played most of his football before he came here. So you could you could play Guion on the left, Dobber on the right, Freddie and, mm. uh, and Teddy, Keane. Teddy in the hole off of off of Keane. Um, the midfield balance. The only thing with this four-three-three is that I didn't quite get the midfield balance. You had Scoo's kind of sitting deep and just doing his sort of mopping up stuff, and then Downs and Hughes just sort of in in front of him. They might sort of change that a little bit so that it's a ten in front of a two rather than a Scoo sitting behind a, a two situation mm. in in a game that they they really need to get on the front foot with. Yeah, that's probably probably what I'd be doing. What we, what will you be looking for in this one, Ross? Definitely four through three. Um, and I think this will be a good game for Dobra playing in front at Portman Road. The fans will want to see him play. Um, definitely after his performance at Blackpool, let's so definitely do that. Um, you know, and just go for it. Really, just mm. go for it. Just go for it. And another option is to push Garbert further forward, back mm. onto the left. We talked about him having a, a bad day and and maybe being better suited to a forward position than, than left back, maybe stick him almost as a left sided forward and see if he can get some, some crosses mm-hmm. in there and um the only issue there is that you're pushing Josh Earl back to, to left back and then you're having to rejig your entire back four again. And uh, Earl I thought did all right at centre back alongside Chambers. It, they definitely look better for having that left right footed 
balance at centre half, but that's an option. Yeah. So maybe there are some options. Not the premier options, not the not the tier A options for Ipswich, but there there's um there's some d- conundrums nonetheless for for the side. Um, first goal is crucial, isn't it? For every, I know it is in every game. It's a horrible cliche, but if ever it was true, this yeah. one, this one's true. Yeah, it just Ipswich is. I'm sure Joey Barton will talk it all up all season. He's been talking about Sunderland and Ipswich being in their worst ever states as a club and, and he's not he's not wrong, you know, that they those are the facts and Fleetwood being at their highest ever arc as a football club and they're looking to be their club's most successful ever side. And the likes of Ipswich and Sunderland at, at their lowest ebb and he you know he's been sort of piling the pressure on, you know, really playing up the underdog tags. You saw him, you know, especially with it being Sunderland, an ex Newcastle player, how they celebrated their their last gasp equaliser, like they'd won the World Cup, and they only play hoofball. And he was, you know, he was really, really going at Sunderland. And uh, I imagine he'll probably deploy similar, similar mind games going into this one. I'm sure he will. Let's see if he can come out on top. Right, that's probably enough enough chat for this one. Just a quick word of warning: this might be the only the only podcast we're able to produce this week due to factors. And that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Factors. Factors. Yeah. Just, just read into that what you will. Okay. We might, certain factors. We might be able to do another one, possibly on Friday. But um, so apologies for that. Um, but thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this one, please subscribe on all your all your providers. What's your podcast listening app of choice, Stu? Where um, are you? It's uh, Bosch Grub. You're on the old, you're on the yeah. you know, you're ahead of the game there. That's an up and coming one. Ross, where are you listening to your podcasts? Uh, Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout. No, nobody listens on Buzzsprout. <laughs> it's a it's a shame. I think we've got 0.5 percent of our oh. of our listenership are on the Sprout. So big up, big big up the Sprouters. Um, if you <laughs> if you enjoyed what you've heard, please leave a review uh, because it really does. Should we do a prediction? Help us. Yeah, <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> we were close to both getting. We both we were everything for one one, didn't mm. we? Thanks, producer Ross. That's why. That's why you're the best in the business. <laughs> Although I'm not, my my record is now not good. Two in a row that I've got wrong. So maybe my mm. my luck. What about this one then? Uh, I'm gonna go one 0 again to town. I think why not? That's where I was it. gonna go as well. Still go for it. What did you say? One 0 lip switch. Look at the eyebrows! Look at those eyebrows going up! If you can't, if Clean we can't, sheets. yeah, just why not? Um, I'm going to say, literally, just this is just now come to my head two-two. I think Ipswich Desmond. are going to go for it. I think they're going to go with an attacking team. Um, I have fears about defensively. It might be wide open like the Blackpool second half was, and uh, that's what I'll go with. Desmond two-two. Right, I'm not going to go through all the. Uh, subscribing stuff again subscribe leave reviews play the outro music let's dance from true crime to football Brexit to football more great podcasts from Archon head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon True crime. Brexit. Folklore. Football. Local issues. Gardening?
option at audioboom.com slash channel slash archive.